Betty Badalino is here to talk about her new memoir, Reflections from Both Sides of the Glass Ceiling, Finding My True Self in Corporate America, and give us her spin on our LGBTQ issues. Hi, Stephanie. Hey, Charlotte. Thanks for having me. Tell us about your new memoir. Well, it's really my story, but what I tried to do was I tried to incorporate not just kind of the narrative of what it was like for me as a trans person who transitioned later in life, as many trans people that are baby boomers like me have done, but it's also, for me, it was very important to share with the reader what I learned along the way. Like, you know, as I was moving through my life and really running from my authentic self, and then as I got into the corporate world, and mustered up the courage to transition where no trans person had come out before. Um, And then really what happened afterward, there was a lot of things that I thought would be helpful to share for a lot of different people. And, um, and so that's really kind of how the, you know, the genesis of the book started and, and how it turned into the book that it is, because it certainly didn't start out that way. I mean, it was really more about, you know, a lot of what I talk to companies about moving from kind of the policy phase of creating inclusive workplaces for trans and non-binary people to how do you imbue your culture with practical application of those policies. But as I kind of started working through my thoughts, I realized there was a larger story to tell. And that's really what the book turned out to be. What was your inspiration for writing it? I was hoping that it would help people. You know, and when I say help people, there's a lot of peoples in that word people. You know, I hope that the book can speak to trans and non-binary people that might be considering a workplace transition or might be having some difficulty with bringing their whole selves to work every day. You know, if it speaks to them and gives gives them some strength and gives them some courage, then so much the better. I hope that it speaks to, you know, HR people and diversity and inclusion people and companies and organizations of all sizes so they can get a better understanding, a better glimpse into what the whole transition process means for companies that maybe never had a trans or non-binary person transition in their workplace. So there's that. And then I think those are some of the kind of the audiences that I hope can benefit from what I've written and the stories that I tell. And, um, you know, and I hope that, you know, collectively that all basically moves the needle in a positive direction for, for trans and non-binary people in workplaces of all shapes and sizes. What do you hope to accomplish with this memoir? Well, you know, Charlotte, I really hope that it creates spaces where conversations can happen that may not have been happening before in, like, companies and in families and other organizations about, you know, what it means to be trans and in a workplace environment as well as a family environment. I just think that in today's day and age, it's very important that we create these spaces and we raise up these voices. If the book creates an opportunity or creates impetus for other trans and non-binary people to tell their stories and lift their voices up, then the collective only gets stronger in terms of our, our collective voice. And I think, you know, with everything that's happening, with all the attacks that are happening on trans kids and on the trans community in general, we need to lift up these voices and we need to tell our stories and we need to make people understand that maybe don't, that we we all do share a uh, common humanity. 
So that's what I hope for. What would you like to accomplish with your work? You know, when I look at my work and I look at the book, I came out in 2005. So here we are, you know, 16 years later. And <laughs> honestly, Charlotte, I thought, you know, put myself out there and I'm speaking to companies and I'm, and I'm speaking to whoever will listen about trans workplace and inclusion. And you know what? After 10 years or so, I'll be done. All these companies will be woke. But here we are in 2021. And I have to tell you, the need for education about my community is greater today than it was when I started, or so it seems. If the book can help continue that evolution and have bigger conversations about what trans workplace inclusion really looks like in their companies and their organizations, you know, and it's not just the Fortune 500, it's companies large and small. As we, you know, burrow out of our holes here and move away from the pandemic, hopefully, as, you know, this year continues and beyond, you know, companies will be, you know, are really going to be thinking a lot about, you know, what's the new normal look like? And I want trans and non-binary workplace inclusion to be a part of that conversation. What would you like to see happen for our LGBTQ community in the Biden administration? Many things, quite frankly, and a lot has already started, you know, through executive orders that uh, President Biden has written and whatnot, you know, trying to undo the horrible damage to our community that the previous administration's policies have done. But I think, for me, having been a soldier in the ENDA wars, the Employment Non-Discrimination Act, you know, which goes back to the 70s, for gosh sakes, so being a warrior and all of that, you know, that was really very much what I was behind when I was first starting as an activist um, and a voice for workplace equality for trans people. You know, it's now evolved into the Equality Act. So for me, that really is is the biggest thing, that the Biden administration can put its um, collective energy and its strength behind. Now, I'm a realist, you know, and I understand where we are right now in the Senate, for example, and and what's happening there and the divisiveness and all that sort of stuff. But to the extent that the administration can really push this, I know there's other things going on with infrastructure and whatnot, but, you know, quite frankly, the Equality Act, we need it now more than ever. I mean, with all these bills, you know, with over 120 bills and, like, across 33 states that are all targeted to trans kids and across, you know, sports participation and healthcare, we need something to counteract that. For that matter, to the extent that the administration can uh, engage the Department of Justice, you know, to file lawsuits against some of these horrendous and horrific and hateful state bills, that's the kind of thing that I want to see this administration do. And, and they're moving in that direction. With LGBTQ teens already four times more likely to attempt suicide than their heterosexual peers after facing bullying incidents, what advice would you have for these kids, especially in these times? What I would say to them, Charlotte, is you might feel like you're alone. You might feel like you're the only person that is feeling what you're feeling, but the simple fact of the matter is you are not alone and that you have a community that celebrates you and embraces you for who you are, for all that you are. And I think that it's important for kids that find themselves in these situations to seek community, to find others, 
and we can do that now with, you know, more readily than we ever could when I was, you know, back in the day for me, when there was no internet, you know, now clearly there's communities and, and it's important that we support each other and we lift each other up and console each other when we need to. And that would be my biggest piece of advice is to know that you're not alone and that you're part of a community that's willing to embrace and help you in what might very well be your darkest hours. How can people get information about reflections from both sides of the glass ceiling? The best way to get to all of those places where you can get it is through my website, which is uh, my name, stephaniebadalino.com, and there's a, a My Book tab, and you click on that tab, and everything that you need about the book and how to order it, and all those links are right there. What other projects are you working on? I have been on the uh, PFLAG National Board of Directors now for going on my seventh year, and that certainly keeps me busy. We're doing a lot of wonderful work as an organization. It's really made me realize what the benefit is to my soul, quite frankly, of, of being something that's bigger than myself. Our executive director, Brian Bond, he wrote the forward to my book, and I'm so indebted to Brian for his wonderful words. Again, it just lifts my spirit to be involved in such a wonderful organization. Then I still have my um, speaking and training and, uh, and, and consulting business that I've had for the last six years or so. So, you know, now with the book coming out and whatnot, you know, that's creating more opportunity for me to do that as well. So, um, you know, I left corporate in 2019, Charlotte, and I was really busy when I was a corporate vice president at New York Life. But so here I am, you know, moving on to the next chapter of my life. Some would say you've retired now, Stephanie, but I think I'm busier now than I've ever been. Do you have a favorite quote or mantra to get you through these difficult times? I've always been a fan of uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson's uh, writings. For the longest time, it was, and I had it on the back of my business card, it was, do not go where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave the trail. But, you know, over time, you know, my journey has evolved. And the one that I use most today is what lies behind you and what lies in front of you pales in comparison to what lies inside of you. What it means to me is... Never forget your true north. Never forget your center. Never forget who you are. You know, for so many years in my life, Charlotte, I lived my life on other people's terms. I always was doing what I thought was the right thing to do, what I thought people were expecting me to do at that particular juncture in my life. I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to go back to that again. It's about being centered in who I am, as a person, as an activist, as an author, as a wife, as a friend, whatever other label I choose to use to describe myself. But it's being rooted in that and being rooted in that humility, in that place. And I think that's really what this means to me. Where I have come from is always going to be my history. And I'll always have a foot in the past to some degree as I look forward to the future. But really, as I chart that course, it all comes back to my center because that ultimately will determine the pace and the twists and turns that future course looks like.